know, we camp around the presence of God. That's what this is all about. We, we come to camp around His presence. And He is the Word. Amen. And when we lose sight of His presence and we lose sight of the Word, we lose everything. It's not about, it's not about none of the rest of the stuff. It's all about Him. Amen. And about what His Word says and living a life that's holy and obedient. And so this week I fasted three days. And this was the, I haven't fasted in a long time. I remember I was, <clears throat> I was fasting all the time when we first got married, Misty and I. And I was so skinny. I had to dance around in the shower to get wet. <laughs> and Misty would say to me, babe, you don't look good. You need to eat. And I'd be like, leave me alone. I'm fasting, pressing it to the Lord. <laughs> when I first started fasting, it wasn't, it wasn't about power. It wasn't about what was in God's hand. It wasn't, about, it wasn't about me. It was about spending time with Him, separating myself to spend time with Him. And... In the beginning when I started fasting, I saw the, the results of me separating myself unto Him. But then somewhere in the mix, it became more about what God was doing after the fast than the time I spent with Him during it. And it became very hard. It became legalistic. It became, um, it wasn't enjoyable anymore. And I, I was losing weight. I wasn't looking good. And I remember fasting one day, and the Lord rebuked me in the fast. And He showed me a picture I see a lot. The Lord shows me a lot of pictures. And I saw the most hideous, anorexic, skin and bone, ugly-looking female that I'd ever seen. Like, like, just bad. And the Lord said to me, you are repulsive and disgusting in my sight. And since that day, I haven't fasted. I just quit. I was like, forget about it. Because my motives were wrong. Amen? And so this week, you know, I've done one or two fasts in the last year or so. But this week, I didn't fast for me. I fasted for you. This week, I decided that it's not about me, it's about you. And that I was going to separate myself unto God so that you would encounter God. So that your eyes would be opened. That you would experience His touch. That you would come to know Him. Because I know Him. I walk with Him. I live in the blessing. I live in the presence. I don't fight battles in my mind anymore. I, I am seated in Christ. I am victorious. I have fought every battle over 20 years from my past and from my life, and I settled those things. I brought, I brought my sins to the cross. I settled the stuff from the past, all my bitterness, all my anger, all my judgment, all my hurts, all my shame. I've work, walked through that valley of the shadow of death. 
And I died, and I came out the other side victorious in Christ Jesus. And I live in the promised land in His presence. That's where I live. I'm not, I don't identify as a sinner anymore. I'm a child of the Most High God. And I'm seated together with Him in Christ at the right hand of God the Father with authority and power. And my wife and I walk in dominion. We walk above every circumstance, every situation. And this is not a place that I arrived at overnight. It is a journey that I have walked with the Lord for over 20 years now, 25 years. I have been running hard after God. I would find it in the Word and I would obey it. If my life didn't meet that standard, I, I said, Lord, help me reach the standard. Amen. And where we are today... It, we've, we've had to work out our salvation and we've, we've had to fight things and overcome things to get to this place of victory. Amen. And the reason we're here is to help you and to encourage you because if God brought us through that stuff, He can bring you through. Amen. And so this week, I've just been praying for you. And the Lord has spoken to us about moving the structure of our church into more of a small group environment. And we are laying structures and we're setting things in place as the Lord has been leading us. And I'm here to tell you today that there is coming an increase of the glory of God in our meetings. And it's just going to grow from this point. Can I get an amen? amen? And let me say this to you too. For those of you that are coming up on this platform, I just want to warn you because it dropped in my spirit during worship. And the Lord said to me, warn the people, if you're going to get on this platform, make sure that you're clean. Make sure you're clean. Can I get an amen? Because what we're stepping into, don't play games with God. I'm talking to our leaders in this church. Do not play games with the Lord. Can I get an amen? Because we want to honor His presence. We want to be carriers of His presence. We are not up here to be seen. We're up here to lead people to Him. And don't be living in sin Saturday night, Friday night, and then come stand on this, pu this pulpit or this stage. Can I get an amen? amen? Rather excuse yourself than be a hypocrite. Hallelujah. Let me tell you about a dream. Did anybody dream this week? Good. Write your dreams down. And pray and ask the Lord to help you understand um, the things that you're dreaming about. You're going to have an increase of dreams, visions. The Lord's going to start speaking to you and depositing seed in your heart about things to come. Amen. So this week I had a, an interesting dream. I dreamt that a prophet, Charlie Shamp, was doing a meeting with us. And it was really busy time. And there were two buildings. There was a building where our offices were, and then there was the building where the meeting was going. But it wasn't too far, and I would walk between the, the two buildings. It was somewhere in the community. I'm walking between the two buildings. And so um, I was organizing some things, and I had, a, I had some people that showed up that wanted to meet with him, and I had to go find him. I couldn't get hold of him on the phone. So now I'm, I'm trying to call him. I'm walking through the streets. And I'm on my way to the, the building where he's at to tell him there's people waiting for him. And while I'm walking through the streets, there's a woman that is on the phone. And as I'm walking by her, I, say, I hear her say to her mother, Mom, I'm tired of being addicted. 
I'm tired of having this addiction. And I just heard it, and I, in the dream, I walk up to her, and I put my hand on her head while she's talking to her mother, and I'm, I'm on the phone. I put my hand on her head, and I broke the power of the addiction. She fell out under the power in the street, and I just carried on walking to go and do my assignment. Can I get an amen? Now, that's a good dream. Look at the person next to you and say, God wants to speak to you through dreams and visions and show you the things that He wants to do through you. Amen? So I'm ready. If I hear somebody say to me, they're tired. if I hear anything come out of somebody's mouth that they're tired of carrying a burden or an addiction, we're just going to knock it out the ballpark. Can I get an amen? And maybe we'll knock some of that out of here today. There's some things you're struggling with that you're tired of carrying and you want to shake it. The power of God is here to set the captive free. Amen. Whatever you're carrying as baggage that is an irritation to you and a torment to you, this place is a place where you can get free. Look at the person next to you say, you can get free in this place. But you just have to make a decision that you want to be free. You're going to make a decision that you're done with it. Just like Pastor Misty was saying earlier today. You're going to make a decision that you're done with those thoughts getting between you and God. Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to plague your mind so that you are distracted from God's presence. He wants to come between you and the Lord and, and, and terrorize you and intimidate you and accuse you and control you and make you bow down to the things he wants you to do. And you got to make a decision that you're going to take every thought captive that tries to exalt itself above you knowing God. That's what spiritual warfare is all about. It's not about us getting in an airplane and flying to 30,000 feet and trying to call down principalities from heaven. It's not about us getting in a group here and doing the fire dance, thinking that we're shaking up things in the heavenlies. God wants to shake things that are in your head. That's the only thing that you can control. Can I get an amen? And so when the enemy comes with thoughts to intimidate you and to antagonize you and, and bring, bring you into chaos on the inside, you got to make a decision that these thoughts will not rule in your mind. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if your mind has been taken captive by whatever the enemy is throwing into your head, you can't see God. You can't hear God. You won't feel God. The only thing that you will experience is what the enemy wants to throw on you. And you can feel depression. You can feel stress. You can feel anger. You can feel jealousy. You can feel revenge. You can feel hatred. You can feel complaining and whining. It is a, it is a weight and it is a burden that comes on you. But I tell you what, when your eyes get on God and your eyes get on the Word of God and you set your mind on the things above, you realize that Jesus shed His blood so that you can have access into the presence of God. You feel the weight of the glory of God come upon you. You feel the joy of the Lord hit you. You feel the peace of God come on the inside of you. And even though things are crazy on the outside, the peace of God tells you everything's going to be okay. 
Other people look at you and think you should be losing your mind right now, but you just have peace. You have joy. You have self-control. You're not running to pills and bottles and all these kinds of things. Can I get an amen? And I'll tell you, when those things are raging on the inside of you, they drive you to look for relief. Sickness, you can feel it. Sickness is a pain in the body. I tell you, I, I got sick on, when was it, Friday night coming into Saturday morning? I wasn't feeling good. And I was, I was up all night. See, what happened, I fasted three days, and then we had guests over, and then I ate food I shouldn't have eaten. And it was too heavy on me. You don't eat a steak after you fasted three days, guys. And I knew better, but I had guests. And it looked good, and I didn't want to miss out. And I made the red canary with a green goblin. Yeah, don't worry about it. Story for another time. And so I was up all night, and, I mean, I was in pain. And so I was like, I, I went downstairs. I was like hunched over. I was crying out to God. And the Lord said to me, take communion. I was like, I wanted to take pills. I wanted to go and look up on, uh, look up on Google. How do you digest meat that you ate the night before? <laughs> Drink a Coke. I mean, what am I going to do here? You can run to natural remedy and look for man-made ways to get you out of your situation. Or you can pray and ask the Lord. And I tell you, I was struggling. I was really struggling. And so I uh, take communion. I took communion. And within 15 minutes, I was completely fine. All the pain left me. And I slept like a baby for like two, three hours. And then an angel came and woke me up. My wife. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so it doesn't matter what situation you're in, run to God and get wisdom from God. And even if it sounds crazy, take communion. Just do what he says. Amen. And the Lord will bring you through. Hallelujah. And so I don't know what's plaguing you, but we're going to deal with it today. The cross is a place that you can come to to nail those things to and be rid of them. Can I get an amen? And we're going to die to those things and we're going to live for God. So, Father, I thank you. Whew, I feel better now. I feel sober-minded, Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for your word today. And as we, as we teach from your word, Father, I thank you for revelation. I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for understanding. I thank you, Lord, that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing between the soul, the spirit, the joint, the marrow, and it judges. Lord, I ask that your word would come and penetrate and go into our motives and go into our reasonings and, Lord, that you would bring a separation between that which is of you and that which is of the enemy. And, Father, that today you would give people the power to pull down these things that have been standing in their way and tormenting them. Father, I thank you the enemy that they've seen for days and years and months huh, will be coming down today and they will be free. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And so over the last uh, couple of weeks, we have been talking about Divine increase. Everybody say divine increase. And so <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 
6 is our passage of Scripture that the Lord has given us for the year. And it says in 6 verse 1, These are the commands, decrees, regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy. And you and your grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. Say, if you obey all His decrees, commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Say abundance. Verse 4, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to His commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you are on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verse 10, the Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you. When he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Anybody got any promises from God? You're going to enter into them. You're in the season of your dreams being fulfilled. The promises of God becoming a reality in your life. He says, it is a land with large prosperous cities that you did not build. Houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig. And you will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful. Look at somebody and say, warning. Do not forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve Him. And when you take an oath, you must use only His name. You must not worship any of the gods of your neighboring nations. We don't worship the God of our neighbors. Can we get an amen? amen. We worship the living God. For the Lord your God who lives among you is a jealous God. His anger will flare up against you and He will wipe you from the face of the earth. Everybody knows the good side of God, but God is a judge. And there's a judgment day coming where He will judge according to His covenant and according to the laws. And listen, when you, when you go stand before the judge and you break the law, if you don't have Jesus to mediate for you, you're not getting through. Can I get an amen? Uh, sorry, you're going to go to eternal prison, separation from God, which is hell. And then hell gets thrown into the lake of fire for eternity. Do you know what? If God is good, imagine how bad the bad side of God is. Imagine the blessing being so good. Imagine what hell and the lake of fire must feel like for torment. You think the CIA can torture you? I don't know if they torture people, but in the movies they do. It, listen, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Listen, let me tell you this story while we're here, because I'm having fun today. I don't care. So, uh, whoo, ha. Uh, before I moved from Cape Town to the United States, it, it was the last, uh, whew, help me, Jesus. 
It was the last, it was one of the last nights that I was going to spend with our youth group in Cape Town. And so the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to invite everybody to the house, cook them a meal, and I want you to wash their feet. I'm like, okay. So that's what I did. I invited the whole youth group out to the house, teenagers, their feet, you know, got a bucket of water. I had everything in it, you know, all the smell nice stuff and whatever. And as people came into the house, you know, and I was the only white guy too, right? So here's a white guy bowing down, washing all these black friends' feet, right? Which you don't see over there. You'll never see that over there. But this is what the Lord told me to do. And so I made dinner for all my youth friends, came over to the, they came over to the house, we ate a great meal, and then we sat down and we decided to watch some movies, right? So I had never watched a Catherine Kuhlman movie before. Anybody know who Catherine Kuhlman is? So she's this woman that was mightily used by God, super strange, right? Like when I watched her the first time, I was like, yeah, this is a little weird, Jesus. I'm not sure how I'm receiving this, right? But she's a holy woman of God, and God did mighty things through her life, right? She was sold out to Jesus. She didn't care what people think about her. And so we watched that movie, great. And then we decided to put another movie on, and we watched a Rodney Howard Brown uh, video where he went down to Port Elizabeth. There were sanctions that were imposed against South Africa because of the apartheid system. And so all the car companies pulled out of the country, And this whole region that had all the imports of the vehicles and when vehicles were being made, everybody in that region lost their jobs. And it became a really, really poor place, right? And so Pastor Rodney went down there and he did meetings and he broke lack of that area. And uh, we're watching the video. And in the video, a spirit of giving breaks out in the church where people are just bringing everything that they have. People were bringing shoes, watches, clothing. People went to, the, people brought surfboards. This was like a four-hour ordeal where people were just bringing stuff to, to the church. It just went on. There was a pile. You couldn't see the stage. There was just a pile of stuff. The whole stage was completely filled with things. People brought groceries, bags of groceries, everything you can imagine. People for hours just started throwing stuff on, on the altar. So it's 11 o'clock at night, right? We watch these two videos. Wonderful. Good night, everybody. So at 11 p.m. exactly, Brenton, one of the, one of the young guys said, I got to go home. We got church in the morning. So he gets up. He walks over to the door and he puts his hand on the door handle. And this power of God picks him up and throws him across the room. He goes flying through the air screaming and he hits the floor, right? Screaming. I'm like, what on earth is wrong with this dude? The next thing, one of the girls in the youth group sees angels appear all the way up the staircase, and she starts losing it, screaming at the top of her lungs. I see angels. And then through the wall came a cloud. I'm not even kidding you. It was a cloud of the presence of God that moved into the room. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord came with that cloud. Let me tell you something, family. The spirit of the fear of the Lord is so terrifying I thought God came to the house to kill me. If you watched a scary movie, you know that weird, eerie feeling that you get like something's weird going on? This was a 100,000 times more scary than that. Because I felt that I was a sinner, that God was coming to wipe me out. I literally leopard crawled. I hit the ground. You know, when something terrifies you, you don't think. You just react. 
I leopard crawled into the kitchen at high speed and climbed under the kitchen sink. I threw everything out from under the kitchen sink, and I was under the kitchen cabinets, terrified because I thought the Lord had come to kill me. So when I say to you, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, I'm talking about a God that when He comes with His presence, you know that He's God and you are aware of your unholiness and your sin in an instant. And you realize you're not as clean as you think you are. And I tell you, when you stand before God, there will be no hiding anything. Everything will be naked and exposed before Him. And you will see it and you will know it. Can I get an amen? And so, I'm just here to tell you, I have been praying that the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord would come and take residence in this house. Because I tell you, if we have a pillar of fire before us, we will never sin against God. You won't. I tell you, this thing will keep you straight. And I know that I'm going to stand before God one day. I know. I, from that moment on, I've lived a different life. Because I know there's an eternal judgment and I will stand before God and I will give an account for my life. So I think before I do nowadays. Can I get an amen? amen. And it's a really, really important thing to understand is you've got to base your life and the things that you're doing on the day that you will stand before God. You've got to live for eternity. It's got to be your eternal compass. It is the final destination. And you're either going to receive rewards or you're going to hear the words, sorry, I don't know you. And I don't want to hear those words. <laughs> no, thank you. Can I get an amen? So anyway, I don't know where I was, but I threw that story in there. Oh, here it is. His anger will flare up against you and he will wipe you from the face of the earth. You must not test your God as you did when you complained at Manasseh. So when we complain, we're really testing God's patience. Amen. It says, you must diligently obey the commands of the Lord your God, all the laws and decrees he has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so all will go well with you. Then you will enter and occupy the good land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. You will drive out all the enemies living in the land, just as the Lord said you would. In the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of the laws, the decrees, and the regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? And then you must tell them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land that he had swore to give our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all the decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord our God has given us. And so... We have entered this year into a season of divine increase. Everybody say divine increase. 
This divine increase didn't just happen. It wasn't just lucky. It's not me standing up here and saying, I hope it's a season of divine increase. I think it might be a season. No, it is a season. We're already living in it. We're seeing it. We're experiencing it, and it's coming from every side. It's happening with my personal relationship with the Lord, in my family. It's happening in the business. It's happening in the schools. It's happening in the church. It's happening in my relationships. It's happening in our finances. It's happening on every side. There's just increase and promotion on every side. Can I get an amen? We launched in South Africa. We're launching more businesses. It's just exploding on every end. Look at the person next to you. Say divine increase. It's supernatural. It's not something that we're trying to make happen. It's happening. And why is it happening? Because in 2021, the Lord spoke to us to give a year's worth of wages. That means everything we brought in in 2020, we gave in 2021. Imagine your year's salary that you bring in this year becomes your seed next year. That's what we did. And the Lord multiplied us and increased us. It's like going from zero to 100 in seconds. And that's the type of increase we saw in our giving, and God provided the seed for us to sow. But now we are standing in the harvest of what has been sown. Can I get an amen? That's where God set us up to bless us. But God is saying, hey, when you enter this place of abundance, when you enter the place where everything is prosperous, everything is going well for you, don't forget the Lord your God who delivered you from sin and death, who delivered you out of that life where you were just a sinner living your own way, unable to do anything righteous. He delivered us, He saved us, and He set us free. Don't forget God. And so this year, when we're excited about the increase. We're excited about the expansion. We're excited about what's getting ready to hit your lives and hit this church and, and hit everything that our hands are overseeing. I'm excited about it, but my eyes are not on it. My eyes are not shifting from God to the things that He's given us. My eyes are not shifting from God to the busyness of the things around me. I am staying focused on what the Lord has told us to do. I'm staying focused on keeping my relationship pure and clean before Him. Can I get an amen? And I'm staying focused on obeying the things that God has commanded us to do in His Word. And I want to make sure in this season that we do not lose sight of the commands of God. Amen? That we're loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we're loving our neighbors as we do ourselves. And so that is the number one command that the Lord has given us in the new covenant. Everybody say new covenant. Now, there were many covenants throughout the Bible. You can read about the covenant that God made in the garden with the first man that we now know as Adam. You can read about the covenant God made with Noah. You can read about the covenant God made with Moses when he took him up the mountain and gave him the tablets of stone. You can read about the covenant God made with David and then worked it through his son Solomon. You can read about the covenant that God made through Jesus. And so there are different covenants in the Bible, but we don't live in the old covenant. Look at the person next to you. Say, we're not living in any other covenant. There is a new covenant that has been sealed with the blood of Jesus that unlocks every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. This is a blessing. This is a covenant that is full of blessing. Look at the person next to you and say, when you get saved, you get a salvation package. And it's full of blessing. 
You know, if you go get an executive job for a big company, you get an office, you get a car, you get a spending allowance, you get a private jet that you... This is that kind of package. This is the ultimate package. There's no package better than this package. Amen? And in the salvation package, there is no poverty, there is no lack, there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no curse, there is no fear, there's no worry, there is no nothing of that. Can I get an amen? We only have the goodness and the blessing of God in this covenant. And we want to tap into everything that God has made available for us. Anybody want that? Hallelujah. Go to... Yeah, let's go there. Go to, now I want to talk about the new covenant today. And I want to start laying this foundation because when you have a covenant, a covenant comes with, it comes with uh, requirements, right? If you're going to get married, the covenant isn't just something, the marriage covenant isn't just something that, oh, I'm married today and then tomorrow I'm not married anymore. You make some serious vows at your marriage, like till death do us part. What is sad to me is a lot of people are writing their own vows, and those vows don't talk about commitment to each other any longer. I'll wash your hair, and I'll play with your feet. Oh, I love you because of your blue eyes. Where's the commitment in your vows? That if you're sick, I'll be there for you. That when we're going through hell, I'm going to stick by your side and not walk away from you. And I won't leave you until we die. I'm making a covenant between you and me and God. And I don't care what what battle and what I have to face, but I will never leave you. If you're going to write your own vows, don't come up with some lullaby, fruity vows. Make a commitment to one another before God and stick to that commitment. Can I get an amen? Sorry if you did lullaby vows. We'll redo them for you. It's Romans chapter 8, <laughs> verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Say no condemnation. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Or if you're reading like a New King James or an Amplified, It says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Listen, when the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of you, the resurrection power hits you. And it actually pulls you out from under the law of sin and death, out of the curse. And it puts you into the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That means you get seated at the right hand of God the Father with everything under your feet. And you walk as man did in the Garden of Eden, where death no longer has rule and reign over you because Jesus holds the keys to death in the grave. Ah, Lord have mercy. I know I'm going to get drunk. I feel it. And it says here in verse 3, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent His own Son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end. Everybody say an end. To sin's control over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us 
who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Amen? And so here we see that God sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to set us free from sin and death. Look at the person next to you and tell him Jesus came to deliver us and set us free from the law of sin and death. That means you no longer have to be a rebel or rebel against the laws of God, right? God doesn't want you to have a rebellious heart. He wants to break rebellion out of you so that you can love God and that it is a pleasure to obey Him. Amen? Look at the person next to you and tell them, if you have to obey God and you don't want to obey God, you're going to struggle. And God wants to put His Spirit in you to help you and change you. Can I get an amen? So that it becomes a desire and it becomes a want, not something, I have to do it. I have to go to church. I have to serve. You're struggling and you're in the wrong covenant. Look at the person next to you. Say, you're going to get in the new covenant. Go to Ezekiel, and I want to show you what this, this covenant looks like. Ezekiel chapter 11, 18 through 21. It was already being prophesied in the, in, the old, in the Old Testament. And it says, When the people return to their homeland, they will remove every trace of their vile images and detestable idols. And I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart so that they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Ezekiel 36 verse 25 through 27 says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away. And you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart. Say a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. Say a new spirit. And I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And so here we're already seeing that God was saying, The old covenant wasn't working. You couldn't live by the laws. The blood of animals wasn't fixing the problem. You were just being reminded of your sin all the time. The law of Moses was the Ten Commandments and exposed how sinful we are. Can I get an amen? It just exposed our sin. And we can't keep the requirements of the law. It's not something that you can do on the outside when your heart isn't changed. God wants your heart to be changed. And God made a way for us to be changed. Can I get an amen? In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. Let's go there. Hebrews 8, 6 through 13. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. Look at the person next to you say, the new covenant is a far better covenant, and it has better promises. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. 
But when God found fault with the people, he said, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand, led them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. So I turned my back on them, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant. Say, this is the new covenant. I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. They will not need to teach each other, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. Imagine that. Imagine everyone in our community knowing who God is because they've encountered His presence. Can I get an amen? It says, And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Wow, that's a good, good thing right there, Jesus. And when God speaks of a new covenant, it means He has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. Can I get an amen? So God has, God, we're not living in the Adamic covenant. We're not living in the Mosaic covenant. We're not living in the Davidic covenant. We are living in the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? The new covenant. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, it says, He has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant. We get to minister this new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws. Look at somebody and say, it's not written laws on tablets of stone, but of the Spirit. Say, it's the law of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends with death, but under the new covenant, the Holy Spirit gives life. Say, this is a covenant of life. 2 Corinthians 3.3 says, Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is not carved on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. The Berean Study Bible says, It is clear that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of the human heart. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everybody say a new creation. That's something that's never existed before. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Can I get an amen? So, family, let me explain this to you. When we come to God and we put our trust in Jesus... And we believed that he died and he paid the price and he fulfilled the requirements of the law. He fulfilled the requirements and paid the price for our sin. He took the keys to death in the grave. He was raised from the dead. Think about that for a second. The only prophet, the only man ever in existence to be raised from the dead and is still alive today. He ascended and he is seated at the right hand of the Father with all authority and all power. He's in a priesthood in the line of Melchizedek, a priesthood that will never end because Jesus can never die. Think about this for a second. 
And when we are in Him, we will never die. When we are in Him, we're at the right hand of God the Father, the most powerful place in the universe, above principalities, power, spiritual wickedness, and every demonic thing. Sickness, disease, poverty, lack, it's all under our feet. Can I get an amen? And so this new covenant... When the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you, you give your life to Jesus, you get baptized in water, and you identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The old thing passes away, and you become brand new. Then He puts a new spirit in you, and He puts the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And you become the temple of the living God. No longer living in a box in the Ark of the Covenant. You become the temple of God. You become the body of Christ. God comes and lives on the inside of you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. We're talking resurrection power of God. When the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of you, you get the comforter. You get the advocate. You get the paraclete. You get... (laughs) The one who stands by, ready to help you through all things. When you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, He's going to teach you everything you need to know. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to show you things your eyes have never seen, your ears have never heard, and it's not yet entered into your heart what God has prepared for those who love Him or obey Him. Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh, woman. Woo! I'm getting excited. Because I think about all the things that God has put on the inside of us, what God has given us. We get spiritual gifts. These spiritual gifts are so that we can serve the body of Christ. We get the nine gifts of the Spirit, which are powerful ministry gifts. We get the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Comes and begins to grow in us. I don't have to try and love you. The fruit of love. The love of God is in me. See, human love is, I love you based on what you do for me. It's conditional. When you don't do those things for me, I don't love you anymore. But when the love of God comes on the inside of you, I don't care what you do for me. I'm here to serve you and be a blessing to you. No strings attached. And that's what a marriage covenant is supposed to look like. It's not like, what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? If you're in a marriage relationship and you're saying, well, you're not doing this and you're not doing that, you need to get your attitude straight. I just feel that slap spirit coming. You're not in that marriage for what that man or that woman can do for you. You're in that relationship to lay down your life and love that person and bless their socks off. Can I get an amen? And when both partners do that, I'll tell you, you'll have the best marriage on the planet. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah? If you're not married yet, you might want to rethink it. The Holy Spirit will bring dreams, visions. He'll give you access to the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy will come in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of grace comes and empowers you to live above sin and above the snake line. Can I get an amen? You operate from a place of authority in Christ where all things are under your feet. You get to enter the presence of God, the throne room of grace. You walk with God like man did in the garden where God comes and His presence comes and God begins to lead you, guide you, teach you, and show you all the things that He's prepared for you. There's no better life than living in the life of God. Can I get an amen? And that's what this new covenant is about. But this new covenant comes with 
things that we need to do for God. We need to love Him. And you can't love God until He puts His love in your heart. Opened up my eyes to so much more. I saw the scene shatter. The moment you came down and hit the floor. I feel you didn't matter.